Hi, Josue here, and welcome to season two of Headshots. This is actually sort of a lost episode we recorded over six months ago. I couldn't fix some audio issues with it before we decided to wrap season one, but I think it sounds pretty good now. So I hope you enjoy this lost episode slash unofficial kickoff to season two. Welcome to Headshots, the psychology and gaming podcast on the Geek Therapy Network. My name is Josue Cardona, and I'm joined by Lauren Keller. Hello! Lauren, I just played a game. It was so wonderful. It made me so, so happy. So thank you for recommending it. Yay! Talking about Wandersong. Why'd you recommend this game to me? Um, Because it's amazing. And when I finished <laughs> playing it, I was like, Josue, I need to talk to you about this. So I'm going to need you to go ahead and buy and play that game right now. Chip, chop, chip. Yep, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it took me so long, but, uh, <laughs> but, it, was, oh, but it was so good. It was so good. So good. So so why why Headshot's episode on it? I think that Wandersong has a lot of really interesting themes and values that it uh, expresses through the game's narrative and also the you know the way that you play it, the game's mechanics. And so I, I just I wanted to talk you know with you about it. And sort of delve into some of that nittier, grittier stuff. I've been reading some reviews of the game online, and and it's generally positive, but not a lot of people are, like, digging way down deep in there. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's what I found, too. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Because I have have thoughts and feelings about this game that are pretty strong. Um, I think that we should start by describing what the game is (laughs) and what it's about, and then go from there. What is game? What is game? All right. Um, Wander Song is a game that is available on Nintendo Switch and Steam right now. Go buy it. And it is a platform adventure game. There's some puzzle elements, um, but mostly it's a song about, uh, it's a song, it's a game about singing. It's a game about music and it's a game about trying to save the world. It's a game about believing in yourself. It's a game about believing in in hope. There's that that's a big yes. a big part of it. And and of course you play as a bard and the way you solve all of the problems is by singing. Which is yes. so good. <laughs> which is so good. Yes. And like and so so when I, when I mean by singing, so it's not like you use a microphone and you're singing into it. Instead, you use the right analog stick, and in every direction, you can sing a different musical note. And so that plays out in many different ways throughout the game. But mostly, that's that's how you again. I don't even want to say attack, right? Because even though you are solving problems through music, you aren't really attacking. No, it's it's just the the main way that the bard interacts with his world is yeah. is via singing and dancing. Yeah, and so yeah. there there are, I was actually surprised at how many different mechanics were expressed in the games seven acts um i really like by the time i hit the fourth one i'm like okay there can't possibly be another way to utilize the singing mechanic but there was yeah. it's, it's really cool I, w- I was really like impressed by how many different ways um they managed to figure out how to make just just a you know a, a singing wheel where you you point which note you're going to sing and, and having like eight or nine different ways to to solve puzzles and interact with people th- through that mechanic. And now it's it's weird because in a way it's a color wheel and technically you're matching visuals. Mhm. But there's there's absolutely sound there. Like if you were deaf, you would st- I think you could still enjoy the game <laughs> and still play it. And still get through it and still understand all the puzzles. And yeah, like you wouldn't be stuck because there's never a moment where the game is like, do you hear this? Like, can you say that by memory? There's always a visual cue with it. So yeah. in that way, it's not, that, that's kind of like cheating. But then, but the music is so, is so beautiful. And even, even his voice sounds great. This is something that uh, you and I have talked about touching in a future episode, which we will, which is language in games. And this game, because nobody actually speaks in it it's all through music and sound this game could be translated into any language mm-hmm. because every time you sing like there's there's a there's a speech bubble 
And I kept thinking about like this, the, the copy on Switch doesn't actually have a language option. And, but it, but it absolutely could. It could absolutely be translated and, and be played in any language. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope that more people buy and play it and enjoy it so that they uh, could could afford that kind of localization to yeah. happen. I, I know it can be really expensive and this is a, a very small indie game. I think it's yeah. I don't know if it's just one person who who made it or if it's just a small team. But yeah, it, it's very small scale and localizing all of your text into another language, especially since the I mean, the writing is so funny. Like I legitimately laughed out loud at a couple of parts and some of that stuff translates very easily, but some of that stuff needs um, to be translated to make cultural sense to whatever language you're translating it into. Oh yeah. I'm not saying I'm a good writer, but I feel like I wrote this game. It sounds like, (laughs) like when I was reading, I was like, that's exactly how I would have said that. That's exactly like, this is, this is the way I would have um, written this scene to play out. And I kept thinking that throughout the entire game. There was something, there's something about the personality of the characters that I related to so, so much. And I can't find a word for it. Maybe you can help me. It was, it's not, it wasn't really like self-awareness. It was more like there was an honesty uh, to it where if something happened, people just didn't act like it was normal. Anytime that something happened, they were very honest or, or they, they felt very real, the reactions to the things that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, despite being like fantasy, it was very genuine feeling. Yeah, yeah. I think we got sidetracked completely from from what the first points were that you wanted to touch on. I mean, I I, I feel like we're still making good points, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's let's. Uh, okay, so so the basic story is that you, the player, play as a bard, um, who you get to name. Uh, a four-letter name. Um, it's not. It, it's a weird naming mechanic, but I really enjoyed it. I, I ended up naming my bard <laughs> Brob, B R O B, which I don't know why, but it was extremely funny to me throughout the entire game. Every time somebody would say his name, <laughs> what did what yeah. did you name your bard? Uh, mine, because it's a mini game, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh, you have you pick one letter and you think you're going to pick all the letters. It's like, nope, now you only have these letters to choose from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I ended up being like Job or Giob, like G Y O B. I'm not sure how you <laughs> how you would pronounce it. That was like. I can't think of it. I was like, Job. Yob. Yob. The J is silent. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know. That's fun. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. It's sort yeah, of it adding. It looked funny. Yeah. It looks so funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just sort of a not like fully customizable, but semi-customizable name. It, it's sort of a nice way to let your player participate, but not not too much. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that that speaks to the tone of the game. Where it's it is really silly and, and kind of whimsical. Like you you end up with a funny name, almost guaranteed, mm-hmm. and then it lets you change it if you want. Like do you do you want that? Is that really your name? And I was like, you know that that's pretty funny to me. I like it. Let's just let's just go with it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so you play as the bard um, who you get to name, and then you are joined by Miriam, a witch, and she is uh, she helps you. But basically, the the world is ending. And you, the bard, are trying to save the world, which a uh, little ghost girl tells you the end of the world can be avoided if you can get everyone on Earth to sing the Earth song together. And the bard's like, singing, that's totally my jam. I'm going to do that. And so he goes on this adventure to collect the pieces of the, the Earth song to try and save the world. Of course... Every game has an antagonist to your goals, correct? So uh, there is a character who is working against the bard trying to save the world. Now, this is not framed as them trying to end the world, even though they kind of are. But it's it's just, ugh, it's so cool. It's It's an adventure story, but there isn't really a true bad guy. It's just a bunch of different people who are dealing with this situation in the way that they feel or think is is the best way or the only way to deal with it Uh, and you know the bard is part of that too where he's like i don't think that destruction is the only the only outcome here i think that we can save the world Uh, and that's a that's really empowering story 
Yeah, and it's a good point. There, I wouldn't say that there are villains. Everybody is affected by the end of the world in a different way, mm-hmm. and they're all dealing with it in different ways. And some people want to just live it up till the end, as for as long as possible. Some people are trying to stop it in 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 different ways. And I love the way that. You're like you're on this mission. You've been given, you know, you've been given your mission. You're 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 going, and then suddenly, you learn that oh wait a minute, maybe maybe you're not the hero. You thought you were the hero of this story, but then you learn that there's another character who's referred to as the hero, <laughs> who's also been tasked <laughs> with uh, by the same person to do something to, uh, I guess, solve the 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 end of the world in a in a different way, which that way results in the end of the world, I guess, faster <laughs> with less suffering and then resetting and then everything is okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a, that's a big part of, of this story unraveling is that it's the end of the world, but it, it's supposed to happen. It's a part of the natural order that, you know, the world, the, the world gets created and then it gets filled with people and then it's, uh, it's time to go. It's, it's over. And, um, Aya is the, the, the god of this place and Aya destroys everything and, and recreates a new universe to start over again. It's it's part of the cycle. And so the hero sees herself, which also I totally love that the hero is a female character, but um, the hero is tasked with destroying the last remnants, so to speak, of of this old world, which allows the the you know, the end to happen and then recreation of the new universe. And so she feels as though she's doing her job. She's doing what needs to be done, what's supposed to be done. But the bard is like, uh, I don't want the world to end. Like, do you see all of these cool people and, and animals and things that would be destroyed? I don't want that to happen. And so it's really interesting to see that idea played out in a game. Also, so this game, I paid twenty dollars for it, right? I think it's it's definitely it's an indie game. It it would probably be considered a small game, you know, like if you if you just talk to people or you read a review. But the story is huge, mm-hmm. and it, it it's actually like uh, an elaborate game, and it's long, and it has many different uh, worlds, and I don't know, it's like it's huge. I don't know, like I, I'm. I think it's it's worth way more than than twenty dollars. But my point is that it's a giant, feels big. The story feels very large, right? Because it is at the level of the universe is going to end, and there are these mythical beings that you have to that you come across and you interact with them in different ways, and they all live on these different planes of existence. And these planes are starting to come together by the end of the game, right? It's like the stakes feel so, so huge. Mm-hmm. And the adventure that you're on never feels, I guess your, your journey doesn't feel trivial. It doesn't feel small. It definitely feels like you're affecting all of existence. I don't know. Like it feels really big. And that surprised me. And yeah, I think it does that really well. And even even the parts that are small scale, that are like intentionally sort of like side questy feeling, um, even those link back up to this this main event really well like um i think it's an act two i believe when you're in the the town and you have to collect band members Mm -hmm. and it just it just seems like sort of a silly thing like oh this random dude on the street heard me sing and he, he wants to start a band and he's asked me to go to go find other band members but that ends up being like a huge emotional payoff by the end um it's so great god god i love this game (laughs) yeah yeah i mean as i was describing like that some things don't feel trivial i think those things feel very personal and they feel yes yes they feel there's a lot of emotion to them but then even something like that like that band later in the game you find them at the other end of the world and you know that their story continued alongside yours and yeah that that payoff is so good it feels so so good (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the the word trivial is, is like something to get hung up on there. But like, like the idea of like this is end of the world stakes, and so yeah. like the stakes for you know finding somebody who can play accordion is like that's small stakes, but it feels important because it's emotional and because 
the bard is is so much directed by this desire to help and bring people together. And so it's like, yeah, finding your band members, you know, it doesn't really seem very important, even though it does directly lead to you getting a piece of the Earth song. Um, it ends up being just as important as everything else you do on on your journey is like this sort of holistic lens of like even these little these little tiny moments that you know felt good but weren't really quote unquote important were important they do matter and they do matter to not just you the player but like the bard and and all of the characters in the game and and how they connect and and their relationship to each other and to the earth itself is like it's really magical and I mean, you know, we're we're spoiling the game, but it's yeah, like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the the fact that those very personal experiences are what allow you to save the world in the end, mm-hmm. because it's through those experiences, those very personal one on one moments, that everybody is with you, you know, and and it's not like things don't go according to plan. But because you did so much good in the world, and many times it was those small things, sometimes it's just, you know, someone is lonely and they would it would make their day if they could pet a dog, right? If the dog wouldn't bark at them. And you help him figure out how to do that. And that matters because the people remember you and everybody is everybody's a little happier, right? After you pass through through their lives and that allows you to do what you need to do in the end. Yeah. This game. This game. Okay, I, th- I, th- I think that's a good good time to shift into this. Uh, so I, f- I feel like this game is very much uh, talking about climate change and the way that it affects communities and the way that it impacts how we think and feel about our ability to create change and impact our environments. And... Um, what you're talking about, about those those sort of small stakes moments being really important, I think is a, a major value that the game is trying to express. That the idea of like, there is one person who is going to save our planet that can, you know, undo climate change and the effects of climate change and that it, this one hero is going to save us all. And it's it's going to be perfect and great and wonderful. And you as an individual don't have to do anything. It's fine. Like lay back. It'll happen on its own. And sort of railing against that and being like, no, everything you do matters. Even the smallest little moments matter. And and they feed back into your environment and your community and your community's relationship to the environment. So I didn't think that at all <laughs> during the game okay. uh, until uh, until you mentioned it, and then I I can see it, but I didn't think that at all while I was while I was playing. So so tell me more. Well, okay. So the the context for me already being in in that headspace of thinking about in environment and climate change. Uh, I am in a environmental justice course in school right now. So I'm doing a lot of reading on um, food justice and environmental justice and how gender and race feed into those conversations um, and all that stuff. So it, it was already in the forefront of my mind. You're also a few hours away from the worst forest fires <laughs> yes also i am living in, <laughs> in climate country. change hell already so <laughs> yeah but yeah so to me the the biggest connection i felt was in early in the game the the ghost girl encourages the bard to try and figure out the earth song and save the world and in like the midpoint of the game Sorry, spoilers. Uh, at the midpoint of the game, you re-encounter the, the little ghost girl and uh, the hero. And you find out that she's basically working with the hero and had just sort of told you that to like, oh, like, whatever. Sure, you can figure out the Earth song basically to distract you. And basically admits to like, oh, yeah, I just I don't really believe in you. I just said that. And to me, that connected... Well, let me let me further explain. Uh, the bard responds to that by getting extremely depressed, which I, I really liked that section of the game. The colors are all muted. Your um your singing wheel, the colors are are changed. His voice is like quieter and um 
he doesn't sound excited to be singing and he's got a really sad face. Uh, and, and then you run into the ghost girl again and she's like, you know what? Actually, I, ch- I changed my mind. I do believe in you and I do I do think that you can do anything. But, but in that d- sort of depression point, what really stuck out to me is how much that felt like my own experience of, of like growing up and learning about the environment and climate change. And the realization that I had been, you know, via my parents and via media and via school teaching this, this idea of like, you can do anything you put your mind to, like you have the power and learning about systemic injustice and how capitalism has created climate change and, you know, in trying to maintain capitalism cannot work against climate change. And this idea of like, you can do anything becomes this big betrayal. At least to me, it was a big betrayal of like, you, you lied to me, basically, you told me that I could, I could do something that I could save the planet. But not only can I not do that, you never believed in me at all. And the big push for me is that the the bard has all of these feelings that that I have felt before, where it's like, oh, I can't actually do anything on my own. I don't have the power or tools or access needed to do the the kinds of change that I want to see in the world and feeling totally helpless. And the bard basically is like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not giving up. And like that felt so good to me. And, And really really related to my own feelings about this like sure maybe I don't have individual power maybe I can't do everything that I want to do but that doesn't mean I should just give up that doesn't mean that there's no point in trying to save the world and trying to reduce the the various impacts of climate change and you know even if we can't totally pull it off at least the effort of trying to do something matters and that was so impactful for me. Basically, that was the point where I'm like, Hostway, you need to play this game. <laughs> I think one thing that I'm, I'm not sure that you mentioned is that when Aya, like as you learn what Aya is thinking, she believes that the Earth Song is a possibility, but like a super small possibility. You know, like it's not like she made it up. The yeah. Earth Song is a real thing. There's, there's a solution out there. It's possible. But just, you know, Along the way, she was like, well, you know, that's, that's, that one seems to fit for you, but really, I'm going to go do this other thing because, I don't know, I've, I've made up my mind or it's easier or, or even, like she said, like, no one's ever done the Earth song before. Yeah. So, yeah. Refer- referencing like this is the way that it's always been done. So, of course, mm-hmm. this is the way we're going to do it. And sort of doubting like, yes, yes, like the earth song is real but she sort of doubted whether it would actually work at all or if it was just a story hmm. yeah i'm glad you you shared how you felt um um in that game and i i don't i don't know how i think the game does an amazing job in helping you feel what the bard is feeling mm-hmm. and and it is he's such a good character he's so he's so uh expressive and and even the thing with the music right like it's muted and he's walking slower and he's kind of slouched down and and you know there's he's he's a different character during that depression point in the in the game so i'm curious it, it resonated for you so much there how did you feel as his story was progressing like as he as he was kind of you know successful despite everybody saying no, and kind of you know bringing everybody together. What was your journey like? I mean, the like the biggest output for me was feeling hope, was feeling hopeful that that even when things seem really really bleak and we don't really have a roadmap for getting what we want or getting to where we want or avoiding the things we don't want and not giving up hope in that is like. <laughs> I'm getting a little little teary about it. It's just it's been like real tough lately, especially with, you know, the the report coming out that it's like we have 10 years basically to try and save this planet or we're all totally fucked. And and just how much of a bummer that is and how easy it is to just be like, well, that's it. This is the end. There's nothing I can do. I don't 
I don't have, you know, power or money or access to things that could, you know, really make a change. So I guess I'll just give up and just accept that it's the end of the world and having a character that I'm, you know, it's it's a, a 2D game, so there's not a lot of embodiment, but I am I am playing as the bard. I am the bard. And seeing myself, quote unquote, basically go, no, I refuse to give up hope is like really, really nice to be able to take that and push it back into my own real life of being like, okay, I'm feeling really, really depressed about this thing. What would the bard do? What would the bard say? What song can I sing to make myself feel a little bit better so that I can keep going? The the character of the hero really does play the, that role of, well, the world is going to end anyway, right? Like now, I mean, I'm with you, okay? I, I'm going to use climate change terminology <laughs> for the rest of the episode. Um, it's like, okay, so the world is going to, is screwed, right? There's nothing that we can do. There's, this is the end. And she takes the position of, well, guess what? Like, I'm going to basically help the world burn and I'm going to do it with superpowers and I'm going to so it's like the equivalent would be like well we're just going to have a big old party for the next 10 years because there's nothing we can do about it anyway so let's just let's just let's just go down in a celebration kind of and <laughs> she's she's enjoying it despite the fact that she's she's making it worse right that like that's that's the more I think about it like I don't know why I didn't see it when I when I played the game I see it now <laughs> um and that is scary, the fact that I think, or I feel like she she's more representative of the world in general, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or, or the powers that be, or or in a in a in another sense, like she is probably what most people like. Most people are just going through the motions and making it worse, and not doing anything about it, and kind of have that attitude. They don't have that that hope. And I gotta say, the turning point for me in the game was when you're in the caves and with the insects, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and then so there are these insects on the floor and the bard, you're just going to walk, um, you know, you're going to, you're you're, go, you're passing through the, this cave, you're walking and these bugs are on the floor and then you can't move, you can't walk over them. There's this little uh, like thought bubble that shows you, they're like, no, no, I can't step on them. Like, there's no way that I'm going to step on these bugs. So there's a very clear and easy path ahead of you. But instead of just walking over the bugs and through it, you go through the, this elaborate <laughs> platforming level and, and solving all these puzzles to get around the bugs. Because the bard is a type of person who doesn't want to hurt any living being. There's no part of him that would, that would do that. And, and so we don't have that choice either. Like you can try to move forward. You can try to jump. And he's, he's like horrified, you know, every time he's like, Oh no, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, okay, okay. We're not doing that. So then we're going around and that at first I'm like, wow, like this character is incredible. And the way that that plays into the, the game mechanics is, is, is amazing. But then the payoff to that later is that the bugs are like, Oh, Hey, like we, we noticed that you were really considerate and you were super nice to us. So, so how about we help you out? Cause like the rest is going to be really hard. And that just blew my mind. Like it's literally like these little white dots, right? That represent bugs practically. And, and all of a sudden you have this amazing relationship with them just because you were nice, just because you were considerate. And I, I think there's a lesson there. <laughs> there's definitely a lesson there. And, and then they become this important integral part of not only that stage, but later on. Mm-hmm. Where like you you couldn't have survived without them, and they would have never helped you if you hadn't just been nice. Yeah, yeah, I liked that part a lot. I'm gonna circle back a little bit. You're talking about the hero sort of leaning into her role as beloved Ender of the universe, basically. And I think that there is a lot of depth to that character. It. As you interact with her and in the the later levels, you interact with her uh, more intimately. You spend a lot, like almost a whole level with her. But um, you basically discover that 
She likes the notoriety that comes with being a hero. She likes that people call her the hero. She likes being treated with respect. Which is something brand new for her. Yes, she she was not treated that way before until she became the hero, which aligns up with the the beginning of the game. And it basically, I I feel like this is sort of a theme of the idea of maintaining structures that are actively harming our planet because it's tied to a sense of our identity. Even when the bard does a pretty solid job of convincing her, like, at least let me try to do the Earth Song before you go and and kill the rest of the the guardian monsters. Um, At least let me try. And she sort of agrees to it. It it ends up that she's lying. But that very much reflected to me the idea of, of people who make choices that they they know are harming their world, that they know is harming their local community, their environment, their family and friends. But they keep doing it because it's related to their identity. It's basically being like, you know, a person who's like, oh, I know that climate change is real, but I love having my own car that, you know, that's not electric or whatever. I, I like driving my car around and it's my car and, and it's part of my identity to have this car and drive this car around and, and be seen in this car. Um, that's not a great example, but I think it works. Uh, just Just sort of recognizing that... <sighs> the hero wasn't doing bad things because she she wanted to destroy the world. She was helping to destroy the world because it was a part of her identity to do so. And yeah. meeting expectations of other people required her to do that thing. I, th- I think that that's, that's something that is perhaps very reflective into our own lives and our own relationships with um, choices we make and how harmful they can be to... Uh, our communities and our environment. Yeah, I mean, she talks about how good it feels to have this power. Mm-hmm. My my mom and my stepdad, they recently put solar panels in their home and they were trying, like, you know, it, it was a it was a long process, but they, they, they finally got it done. And now my stepdad's mad all the time because he's like, oh, like, why are, why are we, because we can't just have everything on all the time like we did before because the batteries discharge if there isn't sunlight out. And so he's constantly complaining about how he feels like he's, you know, like more uncomfortable now that he has this, this new technology that's supposed to be good for the environment than he was before when he was just burning coal. And that's that's most people i think <laughs> that's most people in a nutshell and and the hero is absolutely that and in 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 her case like they're talking about it as as having uh, power and it's funny i used to drop south park references all the time on this show uh, i haven't done that in a while but the the most the two most recent episodes of south park deal with climate change and the way they do it is they they bring back a really really old thread um, from many many seasons ago with Al Gore and the whole it, it's a two episode arc and basically they they're discussing this very same thing and it's like people who are in the nursing home now they made a deal many many years ago to get uh, candy and and new cars which basically is causing a bunch of people to die now. <laughs> and now uh, the the younger people are dealing with the consequences of this deal that these people made a long time ago. And when they get the opportunity to redo the deal, they don't do things very differently. <laughs> and that's kind of the cycle that is always going on, right? I mean, in, in the game, they talk about how this is this is just the way it goes, you know, like the it always happens this way. Yeah. This is just the way we do it. The world is the world is going to get destroyed, and and in a way, like the the monsters or the the beings that end up becoming monsters, it's like the way they present it is sort of like with time they they basically lose their minds. Mm-hmm. But you could also see it as they're contaminated or they're poisoned. Like there's just too much, you know? And so you need a fresh start because this is, this is not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but you can also see the connection between reiterating over and over again. Like this is the natural order of things The you know, the hero kills all of the guardian people and then the universe ends and then we make a new universe. That's the way it is. And you can definitely draw a connection to uh, people arguing against, 
human-caused climate change and being like, no, 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 the, I mean, climate change is on its own. It's the natural order for the planet to warm and cool. Like, it's, this is normal. This is normal. This is normal. And it's like, no, we can do better. <laughs> but that's that's the Bart, right? The Bart is the one saying that, that we can do things differently. Yes. That we can, that there is, see, and, and that's the thing, like, Hope is a is a funny thing, you know. Hope can can be very depressing at times when it's um when it's like unrealistic. Uh, but I I I love the fact that in the game they present you with a possible solution. I mean, technically in the game it's magic, but it's a real solution, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that is possible. And again, at the end, who knows if the Earth Song works, right? Like we don't we don't get that far. Instead, we all work together in a different way. And we and we figure it out and and we do things differently and that's kind of that's kind of implied at the end it's not not super explicitly stated but th- that cycle is broken now and in the world that the game is set in things will be different and kind of the only person who is able to to see it or care enough to do something about it was the bard and by doing that in many small ways throughout the game you manage to do it in a very big way in the end. Yeah, I don't know how I didn't see the climate change thing before. I just got so into the story. <laughs> to me, it was just, I, I took the story literally. <laughs> <laughs> I've just, I've been reading too much, too much research articles, which don't say the end of the world is coming, but <laughs> basically point to it a whole lot. <laughs> so it was very much on the forefront of my mind. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend just told me earlier today that she met someone who speaks like I do in the sense that I, I often talk about like I don't I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna see my 90s you know and like the world like the world being pretty bad is like one of those reasons why it's like there are so many reasons why we may not see <laughs> old age or old age may suck <laughs> and uh, and so I, I I live my life in a certain way uh, thinking about that and the choices that you make when you when that is on your mind are different than when you're not thinking about the end of the world or the end and you see again the parallel between the the bard and the hero and so how do you feel about the fact that you get to play as the hero for a bit um i liked that because i liked you know the the change change up of how you're playing the game but um i don't know i feel like it was important to have the player be in that position because it it would it would be so easy to just be like oh the hero is the villain yeah, they're the yeah. antagonist, and therefore they're bad and evil. They're trying to do something that we, the player, consider not good because it's against the goal we are trying to achieve. So therefore they're bad. But it's a lot harder to do that when you when you play as that character. I feel that it's it was a way for the game to show you that power for you to feel what it would be like if you could be faster jump higher be stronger wield a badass sword and (laughs) be able to fire lightning versus having a color wheel (laughs) that that for for singing Mm -hmm. and and again that that goes to this conversation right it's like okay um like again my 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 stepdad right like he like he likes having his his things (laughs) and now he's chosen this like in his home his home is now he feels that he's limited now and what he can do and he doesn't like it i i heard recently about how when jimmy carter was in the white house he put uh, solar panels in and then when reagan came in he took them out i was like why would you take them out like i understand disconnecting them or like but but like there was a message that he was trying to <laughs> to send right that yep. he he uh, a very, very clear, explicit message. And I don't think my stepfather would would disconnect them. I mean, it would like tear them off the roof. But I can absolutely <laughs> see if like his his behavior just changes back to like, yeah, whatever. Like we're still on the grid technically, so you know, I'm just gonna live like I did before because I don't like this new environmentally friendly uh, way of doing things. It's too uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And and the game and I didn't I didn't realize it at the time. Like when when we played as her, I kept thinking like, why why did the game make us play as her? But then later on, when she talks about how good it feels to have all that power, that's true. When you play that scene, it feels really good. It feels, mm-hmm. but it's completely out of place. It's the only time when you wield that kind of power when it becomes an action game instead of a singing game. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's a it. it it's so so different to 
literally solve your problems with violence and with a sword versus beautiful music. It's more complicated than just beautiful music, but you know, that's his, that's his tool. That's his weapon. I think that that was super smart in the game. I, I would love to know like when that decision came, came in and if like they were having conversations like this and it's like, you know, but like how can we really convey how good it feels for the hero and how hard it would be for her to let go of that, yeah. which is something that she's struggling with all the way till the end. Yeah. And I mean that, that, I feel, you know, reflects really well onto the idea of of the individual versus the group. And it's like there are a lot of choices in our life where doing the best for everybody means giving up your own personal individual power, particularly when we're talking about environmental health. It's like, yeah, I want to be able to set huge fires (laughs) in California, (laughs) but it's not good for everybody else if I do that. So I'm going to have to give up some of you know, that, that option, that choice that's available to me um, in order to to help more people. And, and recon- well, I mean, I don't really want to burn down anything, but, but recognizing, like, you know, the, the loss of that power, it can be painful and, and can be really, really hard for people to do. Now, I, I mean, we, we've talked about the climate change because I think, I think it makes sense. And that's, I haven't read this, but that's, it's very likely what the game um, or what the developers were, were thinking. I mean, it's literally called the Earth Song. Mm-hmm. When when the whole idea of the Earth Song reminds me more of the... Um, what's the thing uh, in Dragon Ball Z, the Earth Bomb? Is it is it an Earth Bomb? I've never watched Dragon Ball Z. I'm not, not the person to ask. So there is... Uh, in Dragon Ball Z, there is a an attack that requires energy from all living things on the planet. But it can only be given, it can only work if all of the beings give it, what's the word? Um, willingly? Willingly. No, only, if they, only if they give it willingly. So Goku's kind of asking the world and the people to lend him strength, essentially. And that's what I thought about when, when it started, that, we can, that there's so many things that we can overcome together. I think it, I think it can be applied to many things be, beyond climate change. Climate change is our probably our biggest threat right now. And again, the UN report just came out. There's a lot of scary stuff happening in the world. Hopefully we'll get past this. <laughs> and in 20 years, I think you can still look back at, at Wonder Song and the messages and the, and the way that you play through those feelings, right? Like that's, that's the best part of the game for me. I think you can apply it to so many different situations and really feel lonely and you can feel powerless and you can feel deceived and lost, but you can also feel hope and you can feel friendship and you can feel success and you can see simple and difficult uh, options and you can see how those different things can pay off and I think it does all of that beautifully I loved it I loved how I felt playing the game I loved every part of it and and I think I, I, I I'm gonna recommend this game so much to so many people <laughs> because <laughs> because I think you could again we could have so many different conversations about maybe what it means but I think what we feel when we play the game can I I don't know I I think you know anybody who plays a game and pays attention to the story is going to feel a lot of stuff and and be able to reflect um, on lots of things in their lives absolutely. We're launching a new brand for all of our gaming content. Follow Geek Therapy Gaming on Twitter and Facebook or sign up for our Geek Therapy Gaming mailing list to get the latest updates on our gaming podcasts like Headshots, Rolling for Change, and more shows coming soon, as well as our live streams and fundraisers. You can learn more about GT Gaming at geektherapygaming.com. Also, so I want to give a shout out to the music in the game. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so if you have something like Spotify or Google Play Music, Apple Music, uh, look up. Um, the band is called A Shell in the Pit. And there's technically like three soundtracks. There's two main soundtracks that have all of the songs from the entire game. And those are huge. Those are like 30 tracks each, super long. And then there's a shorter one that uh, has just kind of like the main themes. And it's a shorter, a shorter soundtrack. But the music is amazing. And it's so, I don't know. I think that sometimes in the game, as you're trying to play along with the music, which is required in the game, like as you mess up, 
it, it, it doesn't sound as nice, right? <laughs> so, so listening to the soundtrack was awesome. I was like, oh, like that's, a, that's such a beautiful song. I kind of messed it up in that part because I, you know, I pointed in the wrong direction. <laughs> but, but overall, like it's so, it's so bright and colorful. I think despite, I mean, other than that uh, depressing part around the middle, I think that the game is very uplifting just in general, not, not just thematically, but just visually. And, and again, the music is beautiful. It's hilarious. It's just, I love this game. It's got some of the best NPC interactions I've ever had. <laughs> like, I care about some of those characters so much. It's like I only had like three lines of dialogue with them. And I'm like, yeah. I would die for you. <laughs> it's so great. It is. It is. <sighs> it is. Uh, okay. I wanted to touch on a couple more things. Um, there was the part when you, and I don't remember which act this is in, but when you go and talk to the, uh, sky queen, the, um, the like bird guardian lady Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she, she's like choice freezing where it's like every time she has a choice to make, she gets really anxious and can't, can't make a decision. So her little crow helper buddy, Mm -hmm. um, sort of makes decisions for her antagonizes her inability to make decisions but i thought that that was like super duper relatable tying it back to the climate change conversation is this you know idea of like we have choices available to us but we don't know what is going to have a good outcome and so we just freeze and don't decide and just waste more time instead of you know implementing something Um, but i also just thought that that was a really good example of how it can feel to to be in a position of power and not know what to do and how that can be like really traumatizing (laughs) i think that all of the guardians now that i think about it represent many different ways to handle a situation like this Mm -hmm. because there's one that's like you know what I'm not making any decision. I'm just leaving. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. The, I'm going to wait till the end. The I'm one just who's like, see. I'm out. Yep. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yep. It's like, how about I do neither? <laughs> yep. Yeah. I really like that. Oh, and then the the other thing I wanted to mention, shout out to the Wandersong dev team. Uh, they had a character in, I think it's Act 3, but uh, their name is Ash, and they are a non-binary character, and... Mm-hmm. Everybody is just on board using they, them pronouns, including the character's mom, which I just loved. It made me feel so good to be all like, wait, is that a non-binary character? And then all of the other characters are like, yeah, they said this or they're, you know, over in the hotel. And I'm like, ah, it's so nice. Yay, representation matters. (laughs) And like I said, it was just, I mean, everybody, that's how everybody spoke about the character. That was it. Mm Mm-hmm. There were a lot of moments like that. Like I think, I think it's probably been too long since I finished the game and went through that emotional roller coaster and that emotional release <laughs> at the end uh, th- to remember all of the 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 parts. But there were there were lots of parts that were special that way that seemed very like just so thoughtful, you know? Yeah. And so consider it. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I was going to bring that up, but I forgot. Good. Yeah. Um... I'm gonna guess that your favorite part was also the, the the concert where you get to to have a big conversation with Miriam and then just dance it out. Not only was the song at the crater very catchy, so and good, cool. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, this song is dope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I loved. Uh, I had to record that whole that whole part uh, because the character of Miriam. We haven't talked about her enough, but she goes through her own journey. You know, and she's so she literally has nothing but a stink eye, you know, for like the first half of the game. Yeah. (laughs) Like one eye is always squinting at you. And that part is her like seeing her dance was incredible. It was like, what happened to her? And she's learning so much about herself. And she's like, I've never done this before. And this feels amazing. And I'm discovering who I am. And I, I needed this. I needed this this moment of. I don't know. Um, I don't know what it was, but it was like she she discovered a part of herself, and in that part, she opened up to the bard about how she was feeling and how she was and who she was becoming, and the fact that she was having a real relationship for the first time and how much that mattered to her. And doing that with that badass song in the back and the way they were dancing it was just it was just such a good scene. The way it looked with like the band playing in the back and the different layers, it's just. Uh, 
What a game. This game. <laughs> Yay! I don't uh, know if that was my favorite part, but I definitely It definitely was my favorite part. Yeah. I also, I really liked uh, when you're on the pirate ship because I thought the pirates were really funny. But I just... I just loved the going to the crater and the the dancing. Yeah, no, oh, so good. Yeah, so good. yeah, that payoff with Miriam was was really good. I I think that's something that we could. I, I don't think we should right now, but I think we could delve pretty deep into to the sort of like going on an adventure and having those moments of self discovery are are terrifying just because like. You know, there are stakes that matters and, and like you could be in danger and everything. But also as you grow from from these experiences, you are letting go of of old parts of yourself. You aren't who you used to be. And, and that is also sort of a loss of identity and how that can be really scary, but also really empowering and being a witch who is powerful, but in the face of something that she can't face by herself she she can't save the world alone and and that sort of same thing of of like it's scary but it's also kind of empowering i liked that a lot i know we've said this many times before but i think that this is either a let's play or a special video that we do where we go over some of these scenes because there's just there's just so much so much it's so good yep commit to it right now let's do it let's do the thing okay i'm in (laughs) So hopefully we'll actually do that someday and you you'll hear more about it uh probably at headshotspodcast.com or somewhere related on the geek therapy network uh there's always you can always find more about uh, geek therapy at geektherapy.com you can find us on twitter at headshotscast i'm at josue cardona lauren is at chicken dinosaur whatever we end up doing video wise or not would be maybe on our twitch which is at twitch.com tv slash geek therapy where you can find our stream team streaming every single week and definitely check out our discord where you can talk about this and uh pretty much anything else (laughs) um and you can find that at geektherapy.com slash discord and to comment on this episode or any other episode on the geek therapy network visit the forum at forum.geektherapy.com thank you so much for listening bye GT Gaming is the brand new place to learn all about Geek Therapy's gaming content, including our podcasts and live streams. To learn more, visit geektherapygaming.com.